This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong, and this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. With the Paris Olympics fast approaching, the ultimate dream of securing Malaysia's first gold medal was boosted by the elite sports programme, the Road to Gold Project, which was launched in March by the Youth and Sports Ministry. The Road to Gold programme is described as a long-term roadmap which will cover not just next year's Paris Olympics, but looks beyond as well to Los Angeles 2028. It's a top-up to the podium program and a total of 15 athletes so far have joined with badminton being the nation's biggest hope. Shuttlers dominate the list with 11 spots with the rest coming from cycling and diving. Alongside Olympic cyclist Josiah Ng, who's a founding CEO of National Sports Institute and former DG of the NSC, the hugely experienced Dato Ramlan Aziz, he joins the community as well as technical advisor. This week he's on the program as we kickstarted the conversation by charting what that role in the committee would entail. There are many things, you know, because uh, human performance is such um, such a complex issue. It is not something that that can be easily uh, managed by um, sort of the salesmanship or the normal management uh, uh, style, hmm. where you you set targets and then you you do it in a business-like fashion. Because human performance is is, is uh, being of a complex nature. There's so many components to it: the physical, physiological, you know, psychological, and also the spiritual. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, there's so many components that goes into uh, an athlete's performance. What's the difference between, uh, for example, what the National Sports Council does, the National Sports Institute does? You know, I've been I've been a boss of, of both. both uh, yes. organizations. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like the word boss. I call myself the head bouncer. Okay, <laughs> so basically, uh, what what happens is that uh, with with uh, the National Sports Council, uh, they, they 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 sort of own the program. Yes, on behalf of the national of Malaysia's uh, uh, Youth and Sport Ministry. Okay, so uh, they run the program. Okay, but they don't deal directly with the athletes. Okay, whereas the National Sports Institute, um, uh, they they do uh, performance management. Mm. So National Sports Council program management, the National Sports Institute uh, performance management, dealing direct, directly with the athletes and the coaches, mm. areas uh, of sports science, uh, sports medicine, and sports technology, mm. and even coaching education. Uh, you know, and uh, what uh, uh, is done is basically if you look, if you audit the the life of an athlete. Uh, beginning from the time that they wake up in the morning, right, up to the point that they go to sleep, and even while they're asleep, mm. you know, there are many strategies uh, that we have put in place, and uh, and educated the athlete as well. Uh, you see, because uh, for for any athlete at that level, at top level, we're talking about the Olympics, uh, Asian Games, Commonwealth Games, uh, minimum, mm. right? Mm. We're not talking about the. Um, the, the Southeast Asian Games athletes, no, not mm. the Sea Games. Mm. Sea Games is another ball of wax, not uh, too far removed, okay. But uh, there's so many of them, yeah. uh, so there's another way of of, of managing them uh, performance-wise. So with this, you need to give uh, them individual attention, uh, and all programs are configured and tailored uh, according to their individual needs, mm. not only to the sport but also their their style of play, you know. Um, their 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 uh, individual requirements, mm. 
uh, and also um, uh, the program that has been mapped out because uh, it is usually tethered to um, a program that has been predetermined, you know, pre pre planned uh, the the months before. Let's say, for example, if you are competing uh, next year, uh, the, uh, the the program has already started in terms of uh, planning for the rest of this year mm. and what happens next year. Mm, the right? lead up to it, yeah. That's right. So this is called periodized training pro- program. Yeah, to think talk about the timeline now, right? This one's a bit different, right? Because you know you've worked on previous performance sports performance programs before. More often yeah. than not, they just cover one Olympic cycle, right? But this one yeah. covers two. Um, yes. Can you just bring us through the top process behind that? Why why two yeah. instead of one? Well, it's like this. Basically, actually, actually, we're thinking about three. You three. Know? Hmm. In effect, in effect. Uh, what what is uh, happening is like this. Uh, I well, the uh, one of the things that was recommended uh, uh, in the report uh, that that uh, scrutinized the the podium program, program. Hmm. was that we, we we need to look at uh, not one but two or maybe even three uh, Olympic cycles. Um, going over let's say uh, eight to ten years, hmm. right? Eight to ten years. Um, you you have to have the build building blocks early on, okay. It's not a simple matter of just uh, having a program and then suddenly uh, presuming that the program will take care of itself. There's a lot of nurturing uh, to be done, you know. Mm. Uh, as, as we know, I've said just now that uh, this is a human performance and nurturing is exactly the word. Uh, it's not something that is going on like automatic mode just because the, pr- the program is there, the program runs itself, mm. okay? The, the center of this whole universe is the, always the athlete. Around which um, uh, the nearest people is uh, the, uh, the the coach and also the uh, sports science, sports medicine, sports technology operatives are giving service to the athlete. Then mm-hmm. around that are the uh, admin and finance and logistical uh, operatives uh, that that uh, help uh, the whole program. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and then and beyond that, the family, employers, so on and so forth. Okay. And beyond that, of course, the whole nation. Uh, upon which uh, all, all hope lies, you know, for on these athletes. Yes. So now, uh, what what we need to do is, uh, if you look at next year's Olympics, okay, how many months have we got anyway? Mm. Yes. Uh, maybe a year, a bit more than that. I mm. think uh, uh, Paris will be uh, launched. Uh, Paris Olymp- Olympiad will be launched on the twenty sixth of July, twenty twenty four. So a bit more than a year now. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest with you. Uh, time is is very short, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, so looking at this, if you say that uh, we were looking at four years, uh, there's been stop start, stop start, especially with the pandemic and all that. People will say, yeah, every every but everyone's uh, affected by the pandemic. Okay, but but you you have to recognize that um, uh, there have been changes in in funding structure, you know, funding amounts, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. and the programs have been changed, you know. So on and so forth. There's many minor, small details that uh, that people are not privy to. Okay, mm, mm. so you must, you must recognize that there are certain challenges as far as that is concerned. It's not just a matter of sports science or sports medicine alone. Yeah. Um, the uh, the program management must also be sympathetic, you know, and uh, driven towards the same objective. Because the center of universities is not is not their their administrative or logistical uh, or financial concern. The center of universities is is the performance because the performance has a target. Mm. You want to win the gold medal, so why don't we start from there, mm. right? What does it take for the athlete to win the gold medal? Okay, we got talent, people that uh, young people that we believe in. So if you want to invest in them, you invest properly. Don't don't uh, sort of uh, give it halfway, right? I'm always reminded of the Pink Floyd song, uh, "Us and Them" or "Money Decline." This lyric that goes, "For want of the price of tea and a slice, the old man died." Right? 
So then you you fail. The old man died because you're not willing to give him a tea, uh, give him tea and a slice of bread. You see, sometimes uh, you need just a little bit more funding, a uh, million here or a million there, right? And before before you uh, you actually fund this properly. So it's good for for the route, this road to road to go. Mm. I think the basic tenet here, as I understand it, is that they they look at the end the end game first, right? Mm. What you well uh, you want to win the gold medal. We want an athlete, a Malaysian athlete, to win the gold medal. What does it take? Then you work your way backwards. Hmm. Of course, they will. They do. They are the best to to get the proper level of of uh, administrative and financial support. Hmm. And of course, as far as the uh, sports science, the performance management is concerned, we will look at that in uh, uh, properly as well. This is something that is that is worthwhile. When when uh, when we first uh, broached the uh, the podium uh, funding long time ago in 2015, of course the the, uh, uh, the government would like to know because they they are safeguarding the you know the nation's coffers. They do not wish for anybody any program any uh, government agency to be frivolous in the way they spend money, hmm. right? Exactly without good planning and, and and good execution. Yes. So the thing that that swayed the whole thing was because um, for every ringgit that we spend. We actually persuaded them, you know, to agree that there will be at least five, six, seven, even ten ringgit in returns. Why? Because uh, when somebody wins a gold medal, at the point we use, of course, Datuk uh, Lee Chong Wei, okay, uh, as a carrot lah, basically. Of course, uh, he was the top athlete at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, if Datuk Lee Chong Wei were to win a gold medal uh, at the Tokyo Olympics, uh, can you imagine the number of people who will be taking up badminton? Yeah, for sure. Yes. It's okay. a trickle-down Now, effect, yeah. Yes, out of the thousands upon thousands of people who do that, youngsters as well as old people, mm. okay? <laughs> Even my father will be taking up the record, okay? Mm. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Dato' Lee Chang-Wei, right, he's also part of the committee alongside Dato' Nicole David as well as yes, Dato' yes. Minerwan Nawawi. Um, Dato', how do you think, how important is that trickle-down of knowledge, you know, from these sporting legends to the athletes uh, in the program? Well, it is it's, it's vital, you know. It's of vital importance uh, simply because, look, at the end of the day, eh, whatever, however much uh, I will talk about uh, performance and all that, it is it cuts so much better when it comes from from a legend. Of course, yes? yeah. <laughs> like uh, Nicole David um, and uh, Datuk Lee Chong-Wei and Mirnawan Nawabi. I, I'm familiar, most familiar with Mirnawan and uh, and uh, Datuk Lee Chong-Wei because I covered both uh, hockey and badminton in my days. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, with uh, Nicole David, I did have uh, certain encounters because she was mostly overseas. You see, training overseas, and uh, there were times when we she came back, and then we were looking at the thing, because uh, we, the the thing about about her is that uh, she's very sharp, intelligent girl. You see, and uh, if I remember correctly, uh, she only had four months of preparation for SPM, and she got seven A's. You know, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so this so whatever that we had to say to her in that very short time, she. Latch on very quickly, hmm. so she would understand not only what it is that she needs to do and how to do it, but she also understands why she is doing it. That's very important, you know, because if you understand, if the athlete is educated in a way that not only do they know what to do, how to do it, but they know why they're doing it in terms of the benefit to their performance, then they will believe in that in in, in that process. You see, hmm. so this is something that that uh, I, I we we hope to bring. You add their personal uh, recounts. Of, of whatever they've gone through, then that needs a lot, lot of credence and and um, um, you know it adds a lot. It adds a fantastic amount uh, to to the athlete believing in the program, believing in himself or herself. Yeah, for sure. This is this is something you know because you have to believe you know in in all of this. So let's go back to the the fact that you only have a little more than one one year before 
Paris Olympics. And how are we going to have that as a knock-on effect on the uh, on the next Olympics in LA in 2028 and the one 2032? I do not know. It's mm. not it's, uh, determined yet. So um, the things that we do at this moment, even if it's a short time, we need to establish the processes, the systems, the the culture. Mm. This is this is the goldmine thing, you know, because at the end of the day. Uh, it, it is. It is. Uh, some some people might successfully argue that it is. Um, you can't expect too much out of uh, you know out of such a short run up to to uh, to the Olympics. Mm. But then, but then um, there's also this matter of luck, you know, when people who are uh, who are of pure intent, right, and and uh, and uh, sincere execution with all the integrity from various sources and all that. Um, that is where uh, luck falls into place, you know. It's all about uh, luck. It's what ten percent mm. um, inspiration and ninety percent perspiration, isn't it? <laughs> so there, there you go. We will give it a, a good heave. I'm sure uh, everybody in the RTG main committee mm. um, will will will, uh, will work together um, to to to, uh, to to do this. Mm. And another important positive uh, from this plan is that RTG is actually a top up or a continuation of the podium program, which you know you you know very well you're very much involved with it um, yeah, yeah. in the past sports programs tend to be new ones you know um, after Road to London Road to Rio tend to be new ones and fresh ideas with every administration that comes in this one though I, I see it as a positive because it's a continuation something you alluded to in, in earlier earlier in the conversation yeah indeed you, you know especially with the first uh, in, incarnation of, of the Kodeo program uh, where we, we were looking at mm. The second incarnation is more of a of a, of a program management thing, but the performance management thing. We're looking at the athlete not only in terms of their their preparation, physical, uh, physiological, so on and so forth, but also their lives. You know, whether they're a student, you know, how do you deal with them uh, studying and facing exams and all that? Do they need to postpone uh, their studies? You know, mm. some some have done that before. Mm. Um, and then what? Uh, what about competitions? Um, if uh, some of the things uh, uh, in the Sea Games do not suit the uh, longitudinal plans leading up to the games, then should we forego their involvement in the Sea Games? You know, um, and then th- those sort of questions. So the priority is always the Olympics. So whatever remains uh, in the coming months uh, for the Paris Olympics, that is the same principle. So mm. you have to follow the principle of, of, of all of this to prioritize the Olympics, no matter what. Mm. The thing about about uh, all of this is that uh, you know there's there's a lot to be said about having a sense of mission. Okay, this is something that that happens uh, not only individually but also collectively. Collectively, as as a contingent, uh, as as a team going to the Olympics, they have to have this nationalistic fervor. You know, you mm. really do you because you you must recognize that you're doing this for the nation. Mm. But of course, in the end, you're fighting for yourself. Right, you're fighting for survival on the courts over there. But never lose the sight of the fact that uh, you're your you know your mission uh, goes beyond um, what you can see you know uh, just in front of your nose the most important thing is for you to have that sense of mission uh, where it, it drives you right uh, purposefully along the program because along the way even though it is uh, 14 or 16 months or whatever it is you can lose your way uh, within those months even 16 days you can lose your way yes never mind 16 months <laughs> but the most important thing is for you to 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 always Tether yourself to that to that uh, thing, and then don't worry about the outcome. Uh, this is this is uh, one thing that we always tell uh, the athletes. You know, when a badminton player um, they reach sixteen, 
you know, points, 16 points. Mm-hmm. You know what the problem is? And then they get stuck, right? Yeah. 16, 17, 18, they get stuck, right? Or if they're leading 20, and then they get stuck. And then uh, it becomes deuce, and then they lose the match, uh, they lose the, the game or the match. It's because they start to think about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They start to think and and be too hung up about about the outcome. It's human What? nature, though, right? <laughs> of course, it is. So, but these are champions, you see. Hmm. We're talking champions, right? So the champions mindset is about the process, hmm. concentrating on the process, and the outcome will take care of itself. That was Dato Ramlan Aziz as this week on the program. We've been talking about the Road to Gold program, which aims to bring in Malaysia's first Olympic gold medal. More of that to come, so do stick around only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Today on the show, we've been speaking to Dato Ramlan Aziz, who's the founding CEO of the National Sports Institute, also recently appointed as technical advisor on the Road to Go Committee, which is a long-term roadmap which will cover two Olympic cycles as Malaysia hunts for its first Olympic gold medal. Money talks and it's no different in sports as funding has always been an issue playing the local industry for decades now. The Road to Go program hopes to work with the private sector as they look to add more stability to the project. Here's Dato Ramlan Aziz on his thoughts on how this move will benefit athletes for years to come. Well, I think with the private sector, um, uh, number one, uh, maybe uh, as far as far as I can see, it's, it's about uh, funding. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you need you need proper funding, and of course, the private sector is also part of the nation. Right, and in in sharing uh, our national aspirations, uh, this is a time and place for them uh, to yeah, cough it up and uh, and show, right? Hmm. What was the thing about that, that, that movie? Show me the money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of the day, uh, it is not about dollars and cents. It's about the the sharing in the aspiration and showing the courage hmm. to bet on your on your countrymen. Hmm. Um, also, also in the news, uh, one of the, a bit of that diversion, but Pandalela Rinong uh, recently came out to say in the media, you know, she appreciates being part of RTG, but she also recounted her experiences where, you know, in Tokyo 2020, um, yeah. divers in particular did not receive the same level of support as compared to the previous Olympics. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on this and what's the best way to keep support consistent throughout different sport and, and different disciplines? I, I, I fully appreciate the point that she made because I... I myself recognize the, the pitfalls, you know. One thing to, uh, you see, when you say performance management, the word management is still there. Mm. Sometimes there's certain shortcomings that um, uh, the managers are unable to, uh, to uh, you know, to, to address the shortfall. And when you go through changes, right, and all that, it is difficult to, to have something uh, in, in a sustainable fashion, right? Moving along, humming nicely, like a well-oiled machine. Mm. Because there's stops and starts, stops and starts, you know. Uh, and then uh, it's dismantled and then all the parts and pieces are looked at and, and all that, so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So when when the machine should be should be moving, humming nicely, being serviced nicely and all that, we're just looking at the parts and pieces and all that and trying to work out whether it's a good machine or not. So this is something that that I feel the word sustainability is, is very important as well. Mm. And consistency. Mm. 
sustainability and consistency. So um, athletes like like Pantanel, you know, they are top athletes. You know, they they won uh, medals at the very at the very top, and uh, uh, they should be respected as an athlete who endeavours to achieve that. And and to understand that and to understand their lives as well, it takes a lot of of nurturing, like I said. And it is not something that that basically uh, like you cannot be so rigid. Sometimes you have to it's a sort of push and pull relationship between the the athlete and the coach, mm-hmm. and even the coach and of uh, between us and the coach as well. We need to move move along and and start to because you cannot have anything too rigid. Anything that is too rigid will break. You have to have a time. For example, if the athlete feels um, jaded or tired or maybe fed up with certain things, let's okay, let's let's cancel training today. Let's all go and see a movie. That in itself, sometimes that simple gesture like that can bring so much benefit uh, rather than just insist on uh, going on uh, relentlessly uh, regardless of whatever is happening with the athlete. Mm. You must, when you nurture something, you must have, you must recognize the the apps and flows of the athlete's mood, and then his uh, his bodily physiological functions as well. So this is something. Even with even the periodized training program, uh, you don't have a maximum uh, heavy loads all the time. Mm. You have, uh, you know, uh, you have light, medium, and heavy. And these light, medium, and heavy sessions are program in what we call micro cycles and they are dispersed along uh, you know the, the 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 length and breadth of the of the program uh, across the the months uh, the weeks and the months and this is something that that recognizes the fact the fact that the athlete will have an ebb and flow in terms of applying uh, uh, in terms of um, taking in a lot of uh, load and volume but at the same time other times needing to recover yeah almost like a work hard, play hard type of situation. Yes, yes. Mm. And speaking of, you know, the number of athletes in the RTG program, you know, uh, it's quite mod- it's quite a modest amount. 15 athletes, uh, as mentioned, Pandalela is one of them. Yeah. But, yeah. but badminton, as expected, dominating the list with eight athletes uh, in yes. there. The other two being from diving and cycling. Is this a clear sign to you that uh, the RTG committee thinks that badminton is the biggest prospect uh, in Paris next year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very clear simply because if you look at uh, the contribution by by um, by badminton in uh, in Rio mm-hmm. for example 2016 mm-hmm. they've got two silver medals you know they're almost there right it's something that needs to be and then we've got we've got uh, of course uh, new uh, or newer uh, players coming on uh, we, we might care to name them okay but uh, we recognize where they stand in the world mm. they're not far you know they're within sniffing distance but for them to really get their nose up to the to the, the whole thing you know really up against it up against the, the the glass as it were and try to 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 make a breakthrough to get on the other side not outside looking in mm. okay outside looking in it's like oh I was nearly there but I you know I, I didn't make it and all that let's have no regrets okay the only thing we can we can expect from any player whatever the ranking may be is Giving it a good heave, you know. Giving it your utter best. Nothing less than that. Mm. If you give it your best, you always stand a chance. Mm. If you give anything less than your best, then you will, you will make it. Mm. Because that's what is needed. The minimum uh, requirement is giving you uh, your utter best. You cannot be saying, saya telah cuba yang sebaiknya and all that. No. You must be crying at the end of that, you know. <laughs> because, you know what I'm saying? Mm. When you have given your, your everything, there's nothing left. Everything was left on the court. So when you go out, you you are basically spent. There's nothing else. You know, mm. you don't leave anything behind. Mm. And speaking of court and speaking of badminton, uh, one talking point is on independent athletes, professional athletes, part of Road to Go. Yes. 
Um, okay. a, a biggest example being Nasha Top Shuttler, Lizzie Jia, right? Um, does this okay. signal the committee's uh, um, move to be more inclusive in terms of professional independence under the banner? I think I think uh, that that is a that's more of a political question right. as far as I'm concerned. Yes, mm. well, politics not being mainstream politics, of course, it's, it's politics in sport. Uh, let's let's look at uh, the thing in another angle, right? Sure. Uh, when we go to the Olympics, we bring the best athletes we have. Okay, whether they're with BM or they're independent or they're still in outer space, I do not know. <laughs> outer space. At the end of the day, as long as they're Malaysian, yes, right? Uh, and they're the best that we've got, we give them the best support that we can. Hmm. That's that's all there is to it. Now, how it works out, come on lah, you know, the best minds in sports uh, management and a lot cannot work out, you know, way through, right? I I, I look at this and I, I, I say, look, um, we can work out the management, the program management uh, details. Uh, how are we going to deal uh, with this? Because lead, in the months leading up to to the Olympics, they have to rack up enough points, you know, to qualify. Okay, it's still not a given, you know. Yep. So yeah, so we've got we've got uh, great men's double spares, women's double spares, and then we've got yep. singles. We've got two good singles, like Lee Zijia and uh, um, youngster Ziyong. Young Ziyong, yeah, very exciting, very mm. exciting. Mm. So now, uh, you know, there's every chance that our player ranked in the top 10 can, can you know, you know, uh, what do you call it? I shook up the world, Muhammad Ali said. Remember? <laughs> I shook up the world. Yes, mm. this is your time. All you have to do is just shake up the world that one time at the Olympics because this is the target race, mm. right? So, and then later on, uh, we'll see how we can build on that. So with Zion, he's young and all that. Right? He's an exciting player, mm. and sometimes uh, it is it might be his chance to shake out the world. And uh, don't forget our cyclist. Yes. Yeah. Right. Endured um, heart surgery and all that to correct an anomaly. Um, and this is something that that is a great motivation. And for him to come back and to be in position again, uh, let's not forget that uh, Chris Hoy in 2012, in London 2012, was 36 when he won the gold medal. Mm. 36. Mm. All right. Mm. And this is something that uh, that has to be fully recognized. I never look at age, you know, like Pandalela, uh, Datuk Pandalela, they both Datuks, okay? Both Datuk, yeah. Our two good Datuks, Pandalela and Azizul Hasni. You see, their, their, their thirst, their hunger for success is still there. That's why they demand more from the people around them, mm. right? Mm. And uh, this is something. And then uh, Datuk Azizul Hasni was studying for his, uh, sports, uh, sports science. That's right. Uh, when we interviewed him two years ago uh, for the Bodia program, mm. and, uh, and 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 that gives him an insight, okay, and a fantastic view of what it is it is that he's doing and how it's going to benefit him mm. uh, when, when the time comes, mm. you know, at the sharp end of things. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and uh, then when 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 the dust settles uh, next year, at the end in August uh, 2024, mm-hmm. then. Uh, we pick up again. We don't pick up, and then we do. We we don't leave again. We don't leave again because uh, the young young athletes who, are, for example, Ziyong, okay, uh, if we say that he's he's there because on merit and he will rack, rack up the points and all that. Mm. Uh, of course, um, if we um, logically speaking, we we expect more from the more senior player rather than the younger player. The younger player is perhaps a bit sort of like half half an eye towards the future for mm. the next. Olympics in, mm. in LA, for example. Mm. All right. So this is something that that uh, uh, all the systems, processes, and culture that we need to instill and inculcate and uh, develop over the coming months. It is something that uh, that will will carry carry on. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, people say template and all that. I'm not too uh, too keen on the template. Is always a good word, but I'm not keen on things like um, um, recipe. You know, this is the way to do it because <laughs> it, it doesn't take into account the individual needs. Yeah. Speaking of winning formulas, Dato um, Dato yeah. Azizo Hasniawang also said, you know, about uh, sports programs that you know the same old habits would lead to the same old outcomes and you know we've seen the birth of so many programs Jaya 98 Road to uh, London Road to Rio yeah, and yeah. some of it uh, especially during your time at NSC and, and, and NSI um, yes. however re- results remain stagnant and the quest for that Olympic goal remains still elusive um, uh, what do you feel about you know the public perception that you know, I guess yeah. most sports fans think that you know these programs yeah. they are a waste of resources a waste of money well they, they, they would have a point but let's let's look at it critically okay Uh, let's 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 uh, face this uh, uh, face this up. Uh, the thing is, programs uh, years ago, even the Jaya program, right? The funding stopped alarmingly after after the Commonwealth Games '98. You know, hmm. I remember my boss Dato Maslan uh, ruining the fact that uh, suddenly the the budget for the following year is not as much as the as the, as the years preceding the uh, the Commonwealth Games and and during the, uh, the the Commonwealth Games, leading up to the Commonwealth Games. So then. Then it becomes um, uh, there's a lack of what we call that that continuity, that sustainability, that consistency. You see, uh, because you need to build on 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 this. You need to have a, a proper momentum and build on these things. Mm. You cannot afford to oh yes okay now done and dusted. Let's look on to the next program. And then there's a lull for you to exploit the success. You need to to you need to not stop abruptly. You need to build on something, mm. right? So every athlete has to have a plan. Do they stop after this? Do they go out to pasture, or do they continue for the next Olympics or even beyond, depending on uh, on the situation? Yes. Mm. So I feel that uh, that you when when it's program centered like that, then there's always a a, a, a problem because fundamentally, uh, if you cannot fund the program, you cannot administer the program properly, and you place the program, uh, you know, at, uh, on a pedestal instead of the athlete. Uh, athletes' um, um, best interest, mm. then then there's 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 going to be a problem. Mm. So we've done all that. That is called vertical uh, development, the longitudinal development that that was supposed to to happen around the time of the podium uh, program started in 2016 mm-hmm. was supposed to be. But the the stop start nature of the whole thing, mm. stop change change here change mm. there, and then of course the pandemic some more. So we had a good plan, but it's not applied consistently. Not applied sustainably, hmm. right? We still were looking for that low-hanging fruit. Instead of, uh, of course, we have to we have to win uh, when we want. We need to win. But let's not forget uh, how, what goes after the winning, right? You need you need to to build on that uh, as much as we uh, anybody would would, would cite that uh, the uh, um, the top 10 nations in the Olympics are actually the top 10 richest nations in the world. Hmm. Hmm. Funding is not the problem for them, so it would be. But if you look at Malaysia. Tiny Malaysia with a little bit more than 30 million people. We are fighting above our weight, you know. We are actually fighting above our weight. We are we we are doing better than can be expected. Hmm. But the thing is, when we do vertical development, what happens is that we are not uh, instilling the right culture because people have to be inculcated over years for an athlete to develop to become uh, a top Olympic um, and world athlete, world class athlete. You need 15 years. Okay, from the time the uh, juniors and all that, you need 15 years, and uh, you have if you have faith in them, you have to go through the course. But of course, um, uh, you know uh, there are many things uh, permitting, of course, 
But uh, uh, largely, you have to expect to, to, to be believing in athletes who apply themselves properly. Mm. Okay? At the end of the day, nobody is going to hold their, their hands on the court uh, when they play. You just, you just watch. If they play, eh, suddenly in moments of crisis, they look behind, look at the coach. And you look at the coach, the coach himself is under pressure. Okay? So they, they have to find the performance solutions from within themselves. And uh, it is not just a mental thing. Because when you say mental training, there's also a lot of, of habits that go into it. You know, eating habits, sleeping habits, life habits, all right? And taking responsibility habits, hmm. right? Not running away from, from anything. Are the things that need to be inculcated, it takes time. And if you have stop-start, stop-start programs without consistency, uh, sustainability, then that gets uh, that's, get, that gets uh, looked into uh, stop-start as well. Yeah, for sure. And you know, obviously the results won't be uh, optimal. But so, so it's really a good thing that this this uh, Road to Go program is going for oh, two it's, cycles. It's, it's refreshing. Yeah. It's because when I sit down, uh, I had a chat with, with Stuart and then of course the minister has you know has got all it down all, everything down in terms of what, what should be done. Uh, and, and in doing this, of course, we understand you you have to you want the athletes to uh, to to succeed. Mm-hmm. You believe in them, mm-hmm. but you need to you know you you need to to invest in them. Not not necessarily only in terms of of uh, finances, but also in terms of timeliness, in terms of uh, attention, in terms of uh, uh, looking at whatever they need, and and to 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 try as best as we can within all the limitations. You show me a country in this world that, is, that doesn't have any limitations or constraints funding uh, their, their, their sports programs, you know, mm-hmm. then perhaps I can show you an elephant, can, a pink elephant <laughs> that can fly, you know. So, but, yeah, la, you know, by the yeah. end of the day, these are, these are the realities of life. Yeah, money so talks. We, yeah. We, we need to address that and, and uh, put it together. Mm. Like you said, you know, 14, 15 months out to the Paris Olympics, looks like you have your work cut out for you. Uh, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of hurdles along the way. But, you know, as a parting message, do you have any uh, um, things to say to sports fans in Malaysia looking for that Olympic gold medal? I think in, if we talk about fans, now are you fans or are you supporters? When you support, support a football team, for example, yes? mm-hmm. everybody is a fan, but not everyone is a supporter. Mm. So when you support, you must do things in the best interest of the club or the athlete or the player, right? So what you do is basically, you must take the good with the bad, the highs with the lows. So you must stay the course, understand things in context. For example, if we say we only have 14 months, then let's let's temper our expectations. Of course, we will try to wheel them over the line as much as we can. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, recognize, see that beyond 2024, there's another one coming up. The, the, the nation's athletes will always look to your support, meaningful support, sincere support and, uh, and useful support throughout all these years, not only in the 14 months ahead, but also in the years ahead, beyond, uh, sometimes even beyond our, our own lifetimes. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm, for example, I'm 63 years old. How many more Olympic cycles have I got? Mm. Right? The most important thing is that uh, let's, not, let's not think uh, so much about um, our athletes winning the gold medal but thinking as, as supporters and, and in terms of our expectations mm. not to exert pressure 
That was Tato Ramlan Aziz joining us on the program this week as we've been talking about the Road to Go project, which aims to bring home the elusive Olympic gold medal. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. If you'd like to revisit this interview, you can head over soon to our website, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.